Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. guys we are back how's your summer it's kind of over which blows um <laughs> buzzkill uh, but speaking of buzz uh, i have on this episode devin lytle who i love dearly met years ago through one of her exes and she is a buzzfeed ladylike producer and cast member and she's also a digital producer on other projects that are online but you know tbd and she's just like a very general like sex positive person like in general and just like a very kick-ass and cool person that I have always just like majorly respected and love what she does and vice versa that's a very huge mutual respect and just real quick trigger warning we do talk about rape for uh, a few minutes in this episode just FYI we talk about a lot of really cool things that I don't want to like spoil for you so like subscribe listen can't wait to hear what you think bye or no don't go by listen yeah for me it's more practical so like the fact it's like you getting off on the fact that i'm using my turn signal like why is that sexy to you like <laughs> and like when it comes to astrology i like it until it it's not good right you know what i mean like i'm like oh i'm gonna have a great month great but if it's like you're gonna have a bad month i'm like N- this is bullshit yeah. oh, none of this is real you know potter i was dumped by harry potter um <laughs> anyway sorry i just had to let that sink in for a second <laughs> You're on the right podcast for that to sink in, so don't worry. Where are you from originally? I don't know this. Atlanta. Atlanta? Fuck, I didn't know that. I'm from Atlanta, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was there for a summer. I loved it. Hot as fuck, but I loved it. Super humid. Um, also a very weird place with men. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually went back to Atlanta with a girlfriend, um, I want to say last year around this time, and I was just visiting my parents, and we went to this, like, um, this low-key concert in the park. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten about like toxic, southern toxic masculinity mixed with Lily Pulitzer, which is just oh like such God. an interesting cocktail, but it's everywhere in Atlanta. Oh my God, I can't even imagine that. Like truly. It's truly, it's truly wild because that, that kind of beast does not really exist out in Los Angeles. It's a rare bird. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's everywhere in Atlanta. So I feel like, oh. you know, it's just pick your poison. And you're fucking, like, killing it in L.A. right now. Like, you are a big part of BuzzFeed over in L.A. LA. I said L.E. L.A. L.E. It's cute. It's cute uh, nickname for L.A. No, yeah. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Um, are you happy right now, like, in where you are career-wise? Or is there, like, an, another goal? Well, Natalie, I'm a Capricorn, so I'm never going to be fully <laughs> content, you know. I'm ready for my next challenge. I'll just put it mm. that way. Um, but that doesn't mean my next challenge isn't going to be coming from within BuzzFeed or somewhere else so i'm like she's she's out here she's dating she's open she's chatting it up she's networking um but at the same time i'm like just not trying to burn any bridges and just being like trying to grow so that's kind of where i'm at i feel like that's the smartest thing to do truly um at the end of the day i am still a woman in media and (laughs) there are you know so many sexist crazy things that happen in media that no matter mm. where you go or where you land, you're still going to come head to head with these things so that mm. you might as well not make more enemies than you have to. 
That's kind mm -hmm. of like my whole thing. Like, you know, I mean, of course, things, deals happen and like Hollywood is, it's all about, it's a city built on compromise. So it, not everyone's going to be a hundred percent happy, but you know, might as well just make as many allies as possible. That's really interesting. Um, it reminds me, I just saw, I just watched once upon a time in Hollywood and I was like, that's exactly like, that's the plot of that movie. Um, is a city based on compromise. Um, and I think that's also, I think that's another reason why, and it's a very ignorant reason why to not like LA, but I'm just so selfish and right that I could not compromise in the way that I would need to, to fully succeed there. I feel like in a lot of ways, because compromise isn't a bad thing at all. Like I think compromise is very good, but I have, um, I have a lot of trust issues and I'm not good at it with, uh, that's fine. Right, go on. I feel like you would do well here. I feel like you would. I would. But I mean, New York is a drug. <laughs> New York is a drug. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, that energy is intoxicating and exciting. Um, but like, once you get that drug out of your system, excuse me, I'm burping on a podcast. No big deal. I'm doing it again. <laughs> um, once you kind of get that drug out of your system and you kind of like find your own internal rhythm, it's mm -hmm. LA is like conducive to that. You know, lots of different, because I feel like New York always has a pace. You know, it's yes. always like doing its own thing, um, whereas L.A. doesn't. So you kind of have to add your own rhythm to it, which is that's very freeing, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, which is cool. Um, speaking of dealing with like sexism and media, is it harder for you because you also teach like pole dancing classes like you, that's a big part of your Instagram and that's a big part of like something that you love to do and you're very open about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have been turned down for a couple deals because of it. But, you know, really, mm -hmm, because people like family friendly. And even if it I like frame my pole dancing experience as like, I mean, there's so it's only fam, so much family friendly. You can like frame that up <laughs> at the same time. If I'm just like it's fitness or something that's very neutral, people still mm -hmm. get offended by it. So I just ha I have lost a couple deals. But like in the grand scheme of things, a couple thousand dollars isn't going to really take away the joy I get or isn't going to cancel out the joy I get from teaching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you taken a class in New York? I have not because I have no upper body strength. You don't need um, it. Really? I thought you needed a lot of arms. You do, but like you, div you don't need it starting out because they teach you like, you know, they teach you within your, what you can do. It's not like other pole dancing studios where it's like, here, go upside down on your pinky. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's here. Like, you can do this one thing and aren't you going to feel so good after you did? Okay. Well, now I have to take one because Ed is something I've always wanted to do and I've been crazy intimidated by it all. Mm, mm. I feel yeah. a collaboration in our future. What got you into it? Um, I actually, the story, I used to have a story when I was a teacher that I would tell about, and both of, both of them are true. So the PC version that I tell when I'm just like teaching a one-off class and I really don't want to get in it with people is I was dating this one guy who was a, swear to God, a Harry Potter impersonator. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like head over heels for him and he dumped me. He like fucking dumped. I was dumped by like a Harry Potter impersonator. By a Harry Potter knockoff. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> but also like Harry Potter. I was dumped by Harry Potter. Um, anyway, sorry. I just had to let that sink in for a second. <laughs> You're on the right podcast for that to sink in. So don't worry. Um, yeah. So that happened. And so then I was just I was like, I'm going to go be I'm going to learn how to be sexy and win him back. And so then I started these classes. That's the PZ version in between the breakup. 
Um, and when I actually started classes, the real story is I was raped um, by uh, my manager at the restaurant I was working at. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hashtag me too. Hashtag like literally every woman um, and, uh, to a certain extent. Um, and so uh, my friend saw me in a really bad place and she was like, let's please just go do something fun. Um, mm-hmm. So I had just kind of been I was broken hearted and I had kind of lost a connection with my body. And this kind of movement was the first movement that kind of connected me back into my sense of devonness. Um, mm. and devonous within myself and also devonous within my body. Cause I feel like, and I've talked about this on Buzzfeed before, I feel like after you see like physical trauma, um, like a sexual assault, um, your instinct can get, can either just like completely cut yourself off from your body. You don't have a body. It's just like a vehicle or you can be completely promiscuous with it. Like it's everybody's body. Anyone can touch it. Anyone can have it. And I find Mm -hmm. that sometimes like you slide between those spectrums and it was nice to have a physical exercise that like reminded me of who I was. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I think that can, I don't necessarily think that anyone pole dancing is the answer or like, cause I don't want it to sound like I'm a part of this like cult. I think people can find that through like golf if that is their thing or like any kind of physical movement that serves them, that makes them remind, reminds them that they have, they're an animal and they're a body and like it's theirs yeah. and that's your corporeal experience. Um, so that's kind of how I got into it. And so, but also I, I stay teaching because I love convincing women that they're sexy oh I bet that's so fun it's so fun because it's just like most women most of my students come into s-factor with this idea of what they think they look like and it's very hard to like get them to relax be like no girl you fucking sexy you got it like you do you see yourself you have it and like it's just like this battle this little argument I have to win with them over time mm-hmm. you know and then there's that beautiful moment where they just melt and and soften and it's like oh yeah I am fucking badass and you're like I've told you literally for the past five weeks Deborah. here we are <laughs> you know like is there anyone in particular that you remember like obviously you don't have to use names but that you like just remember that person and them getting to like that threshold of like the other side and seeing it well I've had students who came to me and who like never wore shorts so I've had like and then you know with pole dancing you have to basically do it in your underwear because you need your skin to stick on the pole mm-hmm. but so like and then they like transition from like never wearing shorts to dancing around in their underwear so I've seen that but I think um I think my favorite are the people and this happens to most students who come in and they don't really have any female friends and like after six weeks of class they like everyone in their class is their friend and they're like hanging out after the class getting drinks and it's like really good to reestablish trust in women I found. Mm-hmm. So it's a very cool healing place. Um, I've always, I've always loved pole dancing cause I feel like it, um, it opens up the conversation about making sex work legal, but it's also what I love about women being able to monetize on their own bodies consensually. And so to me, it's such a big fuck you to the patriarchy in a lot of ways. And so I've always been very like, this is great. Like, this is so great that this is happening and that there's becoming like um, a lot more positive uh, reinforcement for it and a lot of more acceptance to it. I mean, I've taught a couple sex workers as well. And it's funny because they're very it's very interesting. It's a very different teaching experience, teaching a sex worker how to pole dance versus mm-hmm. um, teaching, you know, you know 
Karen from marketing how to, how to pull it. <laughs> like it's just a very different experience uh, because, um, I mean, it's very different, but it's also very much the same. I think women mm-hmm. were taught that we have uh, socialized from a very young age that we have to like sell ourselves to a certain church of thought, like either to the church of the male gaze or to the church of like slut or whatever, church of like Betty Boop, whatever, whatever it like is that you fit yourself into a mold and just watching um, everyone, everyone has this identity that they assign to their body and their sexuality. And it's mostly based in this male gaze kind of perspective, mostly, especially for cis straight white women. Um, I'm, it's, it's always a different story with different personalities and, you know, different narratives and different backgrounds. However, I'm just talking about a specific group that I see in my studio and then, you know, wrote, telling them like, actually your sexuality is based in like what actually makes you feel pleasure and desire, mm-hmm. which can look completely different than what they thought it is. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. That's, that's really cool. I mean, I know for sure, like I still struggle with that idea of like, it actually comes from like, it comes from within, like the call is from inside the house. Like it's still, I like daily struggle with it. Um, and I also struggle with liking some of the things that I was taught by the male gaze. Like I like looking a certain way though. I know I was socialized to think that, and that's a big mind fuck too. I don't know if you feel the same way or have similar mind fucks about yeah. other things. I feel that way about shaving my pubes. Like Yes. Um, I shave down there. She's, she's, she's bare. She's naked. But that's because I'm, you know, so many years of being a dancer. And mm-hmm. when you're in teenage dance class, you don't want your little pubic hair sticking out of your um, leotard because all your 16-year-old friends will look at it. And it's just being mm-hmm. a weird conversation. So I'm just used to doing that. However, I do, I know, like, because of porn, a lot of men are like, oh, that's fucking hot. I'm like, chill out, dude. Like you, you just revealed yourself to be creepy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, dude, this was for me and actually like for my legit career, not for your fucking pleasure. Yeah. For me, it's more practical. So like the fact it's like you getting off on the fact that I'm using my turn signal. Like, why is that sexy to you? Like, <laughs> you just revealed that you have a very weird kink about shaved pussies. And like, where is that born from? Mm-hmm. Because that just looks like a child's pussy. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's get straight to it, Chad. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And that's all. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, I remember just thinking, like, all the porn that I watch, and there's never, there's never pubes in it. Like, ever. Um, and I also, too, I love, I, I was talking about this on the last uh, recording, I love, um, I love it shaved in the summer because it gets, like, really sweaty. Mm-hmm. But in the winter... I love, I love like a, like a, a berry bush. Like I want, like I want it everywhere, you know? Um, well, like sprigs of holly in it around Christmas time, you know? Yeah, right. Some mistletoe, like you can kiss it. Like we're both underneath it. Wow. How festive. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like to decorate. Um, sometimes you can't afford a tree. So it's my pussy. Um, yeah, but it's like when I, sh- cause I actually shaved today. I haven't shaved in like two weeks. Like I, I, I caught my under, I caught my like under calf hair in the light and it was like at least an inch and a half. And I was like, oh, I think I'm ready to shave this. Um, so I just like went to town all over and every time I shave, like any part of my body, I'm just like, 
I've been taught this for a certain reason and it will drive me crazy. But then I'll be like, but I actually, I like it smooth. Like I've had both. I've had rough and bumpy and I've had smooth and it's what I like. And it's, it's kind of, not that it's infuriating, but it's like, I don't want people in the different lanes to get shit from the other people in different lanes. Like if you want to be like as bushy as possible all over your body, like, I think that's great. Like do that. Um, but like, don't make me feel bad for wanting to not like, I don't know. And like, I don't know. And vice versa. Um, and it gets so, it gets so like insular in a lot of ways that it drives me crazy. It's just like, why can't we just have one pop song that says like, we all love each other for who they are. And like, that's, that's how it ends. And like the, like the patriarch explodes and like, everyone's like not a slut or a prude anymore. And we're all so happy. I feel like Taylor Swift is trying to do that, but she's failing. <laughs> oh, fuck. Speaking of Taylor Swift, um, this is, hu- I don't know how much, are you a Kaler? Uh, what does that mean? So there was this huge conspiracy theory that her and Carly Kloss were dating for a long time. Some like bi vibes there for sure. So there's this whole thing. There's this whole conspiracy theory that Taylor Swift was going to come out in this album. And that's been happening for years. And I was such a huge believer in this. I was so excited for her. I was so nervous for her. I thought this was great. I was even like on her side when the uh, you need to calm down video came out, even though it was like, okay, Taylor, you need to calm down. But her Vogue interview came out yesterday and there is a very damning sentence in it where she says uh, something along the lines of, I didn't realize until recently that you can advocate for groups that you are not in implying that she's not in the LGBT community. She gay baited. She like let those rumors go. She queer baited like crazy. And like, that's why like I'm devastated. It was like, girl, I defended you against some of my best friends who have gone through so much shit for just being gay. And now you're making so many of us looking so stupid, even though I'm pretty sure that you are at at the very least like bisexual or pansexual and you are afraid to come out, which I totally understand. Like there is no reason that you have to come out. No one deserves to be put out like that. But don't don't queer bait people then. Yeah. Don't ride that dollar sign in Pride Month and not expect that type of backlash. Like I'm devastated. I am embarrassed for her and like devastated that she did that. Uh, but see, at th- th- a certain extent, though, like we live on coastal cities, and this is a very popular opinion to have. But I just really wonder what like a smart, you know, 30, because I'm 30, 30 year old woman who has her finger semi on the pulse of pop culture in like fucking Missouri thinks, you know, like what, mm-hmm. what, I mean, because that middle America, I feel like is her demographic. Oh, yeah. Are they listening to her music being like, listen how progressive I'm being like Taylor is kind of maybe queer and like I enjoy her music. So therefore I'm progressive. Like I'm wondering if that's actually something that people are thinking. And in which case I'm like, wow, um, we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> we have a lot of fucking work to do. Yeah, we do. Cause you're right. Like that's probably spot on in a lot of places, especially like down like the Bible belt and down like, like, um, tornado alley, like the Midwest. Like I, I don't want to know what is being thought, thought or said about like things that I think my opinions are so right about, like from other people, you know, like, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I wonder if there is somebody from like Nebraska or someone from middle America who's listening to this podcast and could like tell us like, what is, what is the general consensus in your city that in town you're living in? Like, what is, what's it like? 
Anyway, you can email at awkwardsexinthecity at gmail.com because I would love to hear. I would love to hear like what people in middle America are thinking. I wonder like I wonder if I have people listening in there yet. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I think what you're talking about earlier about the whole um, uh, the right to choose, the right to decide whether or not you like, you know, things that may be within the male gaze or not is I think that's the definition of feminism right there. Yep. Right there. The, 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 uh, the ability to choose and the ability mm-hmm. to vacillate within whatever spectrum. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have no follow-up because I think you're 100% right. Yeah, we did it. We solved those problems. It. You and the, me. The, <laughs> right here. We did it at, what time is it? 5.08 p.m.? Uh-huh, we did that. Um, we figured it out. We are going to write a bill and we can stop doing everything that we were doing. Yep, yep. Everyone go on vacation. We <laughs> solved it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, I was going to veer the conversation into a little bit more awkward sex. I was going to be like, what do you have a particular one? An yeah. awkward like, sex story? Yeah. Oh, you know I do, Natalie. I feel like I told you this one back when we were like working together. I think you told me at the bar. You told me at the bar that does not exist anymore. It got shut down. Uh, oh, well, the pit got shut down? No, oh, not the pit. Um, do you remember we met at... Oh, uh, yeah, on the east side. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, okay. You, you were the first person I ever told about uh, getting explosive diarrhea with Aaron. That's true, love. Oh, oh, no, no. I was just about to have sex with him the first time. We met before that. Oh, yeah, because you just started dating him. We just started dating. Yep, on social media. Blossom into <laughs> the committed, stable thing. I'm, I'm assuming here, but the committal, the committed thing that it is today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you did tell me a story when we were at the bar. I did, and it's like my piece de resistance uh, when it comes to awkward sex stories. And you know what? It's actually funny because there's a whole thing because I'm on work. My 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 job is the internet. I have to watch trends and what people are talking about. And on Twitter right now, there's a trend where they talk about Trader Joe's employees. Shut up. Yeah, about like how the level of emotional intimacy you are able to achieve with a Trader Joe's <laughs> cashier is just like comparable <laughs> to what you might get with a therapist. You know, like that's the whole joke and it's completely true. However, do you know I'm a, do you know I work at Trader Joe's? Huh? You work at Trader Joe's? You, yeah. No shit. I, I've had some yeah, I've had some weird ass conversations. People like open the fuck up. I think it's because of the wood paneling and the homemade, like the easy free samples and like just the homemade feel of it all. You just kind of feel like you are in a fruit stand with other open-minded people. I love that. That's the whole thing about Trader Joe's employees. They're apparently supposed to be like the most sexually, emotionally mature employee. Like, do you feel that's true? Mm, I would say yes and no. Um because the age range is so vast. Like there are, I work with employees that are 18 years old and employees that are like pushing 70. And so there is, there's this level of emotional intelligence and a uh, type of confidence that is specific to each person that I work with. See, if that, that, that makes sense. I think that's the culture. That's the Trader Joe's culture right there that they somehow created, which is great. Yeah, I I truly have to think it is that they pay us well um, and that 
like Trader Joe's will never do self-checkout. It'll never happen because uh, before cheap groceries, I love like that. I'm just like, I'm like the spokesperson of Trader Joe's right now. I love it. Um, before cheap groceries, uh, customer service will always come first. Like we are taught you drop everything, like whatever you're doing, you, you drop it for the customer. They don't always have to, they're not always right. Like, a like managers will be on your side when a customer is wrong, but like you drop everything for them. I feel um, that off of the place when I walk in. Like a good sexual partner, I feel very taken care of. <laughs> I did read there was a BuzzFeed article recently that I read because I was like, well, I have to know what these tweets are about Trader Joe's. Yep, that we wait. Yep, that's that's the one I'm referencing. Yep, it's funny. It's it's it, that's really funny because that's definitely my experience. Um, but anyway, I had sex with a Trader Joe's employee. Mm-hmm. I went. I met him on OKCupid back in the day because um, that was my dating app of choice. Um, back before I got with my boyfriend. Um, God, that really ages me. Um, anyway, I met him. He was so cute, Natalie. He was like a fucking, oh my God. He had like koala bear energy, but was like, he looked like an American Eagle model. Like he was like tomboyish and like, oh, he definitely looked like someone who Rory would date on Gilmore Girls. Oh, I can totally picture this now. He was so fucking cute. Um, and he was like, we met at a wine bar, right? This is only one date. So like, don't get your ex, keep those expectations in the trash girl. Uh, <laughs> um, we had, we went, met at a wine bar and, mm-hmm. um, in a like hipster neighborhood. And, um, we, we like closed the place. So that's good. His conversation was easy. He was super cute. Like, I feel like he probably was the kind of guy looking back. He's the kind of guy who knew he was cute and was just waiting for me to go home with him, which Mm -hmm. I like swiftly did. Um, but, uh, you know, like he, you know, whatever he, I wouldn't say he had massive fuck boy energy, although he might've been a, he might've been a fuck boy. I'm not going to rule it out. Um, (laughs) But so he was like, okay, so let's go. I was like, do you want to go back to your house or mine? Um, and he was like, let's go to my house. I was like, cool, cool, cool. So he gives me his address and uh, I'm going to drive my car to meet him there. And it's like 30 minutes away. It's fucking far. Um, and if for a little context about Los Angeles, the east side is where all the hipsters are. And if you go much further than that, then like, I don't know what's out there. You know what I mean? Like, it could be anything. <laughs> you know, it could be like the fucking wilderness. Like, I know what's out there. But like, in the, in the grand scope of the city, like, I don't know where I'm at. And I remember distinctly being like, I don't know where the hell I'm going. Like, I couldn't tell you to this day if it was Glendale. I don't know if it was like a Burbank. I don't know where we were, we, but I know I drove like 30 <laughs> minutes and I felt like I went to the woods. Like in my mind, when I replayed this night, I was driving like into a wooded area. Oh my God. You're like a pioneer. You're like a, like before the earth became a sphere, you're like, what's on, it just ends. I, it like, just ends. Like, it, like, uh, thank you for, like, cause that's definitely how I think of myself in this situation. I was a pioneer. <laughs> I was so brave. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we get to this place. It's like a log cabin. Uh, straight up and it's really big and I remember there was a giant dog in the front yard and Mm -hmm. um he's like there and he has it's cute it's like he clearly has like 13 roommates in this giant log cabin in the middle of I don't know where and he leads me back to his room which was down a really long hallway like there wasn't much like canoodling on the couch this was like grab a drink from the kitchen we are going to the bedroom Mm -hmm. fine whatever um and so we walk down this long hallway we get to his room and it is a massive room with a lot of like lumber 
and the equipment in it. Like, and it was clear that he was like building a loft because he had a loft. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I saw in your trade, uh, your trader just, I saw in your okay Cupid profile that you like tree houses. And I was like, oh shit. He's like, I have a tree house in my bedroom. So like, isn't that enticing? And you know, like done, done deal after that. Like that's cute. A tree house in the bedroom. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then you know, he's like, do you want to, do you want to fuck on the loft or do you want to fuck underneath? And I was like, absolutely. We're going underneath. Like, let's do it in a cave. And then if we still have energy, we'll go on top. Um, cause like, I don't know what's handiwork. Like I don't, I'm not about to be fucking on a loft and have it collapse underneath me. Like I'm <laughs> like, I just, you know, thinking ahead. So then we, we have sex underneath this loft and I go down on him. Um, because fun fact about me, I actually really enjoy blowjobs. Um, and that's just something that is very divisive in my friend of girlfriends, like in my, in my, in my circle of friends, like, I just feel like there are women who, there are people who just love blowjobs. And then there are people who just like, don't really like giving them. And I think that's completely fair because it is, can be suffocating, but anyway, yeah, totally. yeah it can cut off your air supply. Um, so anyway, I gave him, which is a fair thing. It's a point. That's a, that's a fair point. You can't argue with that. Um, so I went down on him and he came and in my mouth. And um, I just say that because I was about to like get rid of it any way I could. And he's like, no, 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 don't make out with me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm remembering all of this now. Oh, my God. And Natalie, like I'm, you know, a student of improv. And so I yes and at that. I like gave it, you know. <sighs> Definitely didn't feel proud about myself when I woke up in the morning, but like mm-hmm. she did that, you know? She did that. <laughs> Aaron says Aaron's like, I can always tell when you're super drunk when we're having sex because I will I never I never let him come in my mouth. Um, because I hate it unless I'm drunk. And then it's just like I'll just like chug it like a Gatorade bottle like I don't know like I can totally handle it way better like I have gagged on it before like I've just been like it has to be like I have spit it into cups I've just been like I this has to be out of me I will not swallow um I can't even imagine like just it like like relishing (laughs) in it yeah I was drunk for sure um so uh but I did do that and also I just do think that the the perfect way to like if you want to swallow um you have to have the perfect placement you know yeah, it can't shoot in the back of your mouth. It can't like shock your throat. It has to. I actually put my tongue up as a barrier, so it like comes on the bottom of my tongue, so then I can like move it wherever I want to. If I actually want to swallow it, or if I just want to like spit it out. That's good control. I I, I support that. Um, <laughs> I like to like aim it to the back of my throat, but down, so it just like goes right down. Ah. I think these are tricks and that you have to learn with a specific type of penis in mind, you know, because you got to learn that mm. penis. You got to know its rhythm. You got to know its mm-hmm. shape um, and you have to perfect it. And so, like, I think, you know, dudes, you are lucky if someone goes down on you on a first date. Don't expect to swallow because that is an art form, you know, that takes time to craft. Yeah. Or coming on the face. I feel like I've had some boys be like oh, this is okay. And it's like, no, 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 no. Um, Carolina Teresa has this great joke where she's like, I'm saving that for marriage. Like, no, you can't come on my face. No. Um, like, where are we supposed to go after that? You know? Yeah. Left you straight up ejaculate on my face. What's next? You know, like, 
that's something I, that you have is packaged for like the real deal. I've always had some side eye to that too. It's just like, why is this so hot to you? Why is literally degrading someone with literal come your cho- your like top choice? I feel like I hear that. And I, I definitely feel that, especially if someone's going to come on my face, it doesn't feel awesome. However, I wonder from like a logical, to play devil's advocate, the logical perspective is like, isn't sitting on someone's face kind of the same thing? Yeah, that's fair. And so then, I, honestly, there's another comedian, which you just cited a comedian and knew her first and last name. I was high when I saw her, so I don't know my her first and last name. So apologies <laughs> if this is your joke, but it stuck with me. But it's like, literally, we just need to learn each other's bodies and what makes everyone happy. That's it. At the end of the day, just learn each other's bodies. Oh, yeah. Because like, not, no shaming against it either. Like, if that is what you like and that is what your partner likes, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. It's more the... Um, the assumption that I'm going to like it straight out the gate without a conversation that gives me like a lot of side eye that I'm like, who, who do you think you are? Like, mm, just have a penis. That's all. Like, mm. yeah, your penis is not God. My pussy is God, but your penis is not. Um, yeah. What's up with you? How's the show going? What's the awkward sex? What's the future of awkward sex in the city? That is a really good question. That is actually something I'm trying to figure out now. It's uh, the show. It, the tour is still going great. The live show is great. The podcast has been a blast and it's uh, really starting to blow up. Um, I don't know what's next. And that's kind of exciting in a, in a way that that's that I just am just ready for whatever is next. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I still yeah. believe in our initial idea. It was so funny. Oh, the pilot. It was a pilot with like um, it was like a drunk history. Uh, but with like awkward sex. So someone was like narrating it and then it would like cut back and forth. Yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not against it. I think there hit a point where it was just like I had to let go of it. Being in your yeah. early 20s is a hell of a drug, you know, mm, mm-hmm. it's a hell of a drug. And then to be in like a major city too, to be in your early 20s, like there's just there's too much stimuli and then there's not enough. Sometimes there's not enough direction or there's too much direction. Like I've definitely run into the problem of like listening to too many people at once and like losing myself in it. Mm-hmm. Um, all in my twenties, all super glad it happened. Um, but I do wish sometimes I would have been more aware sooner in a lot of ways. But, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I definitely yeah. feel that. Yeah. Um, I love being 30. I love it. Yeah, me too. I turned 30 in August, uh, last August. I love it. I'll be 31 in like a matter of weeks. Yeah, 30s are great. When is your birthday? Um, August 20th. Oh, so coming up, you are a Leo baby. I am a Leo Virgo rising. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's a cool combo. You get a good uh, mix of uh, things there. I feel like that is an entertainment combo right there. You know, Mm -hmm. that's perfect. That's sexy. That's really good. I'm yeah, that's amazing. Um, so you're Capricorn. So when does that make your birthday? I don't know about anyone else's except my own. That's fair. Like I know, I know nothing about one's a fish. There's a crab Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Um, I am a Capricorn. It's a goat. Um, there are earth signs. So like Virgos, very practical, uh, very much into the bottom line would not date someone who doesn't have money, you know, just like, Mm -hmm. and I'm very much a Capricorn that way. Like my friends will get into these situations um, where they date people who don't have jobs. And I just (laughs) don't understand 
how you can date someone who doesn't have a purpose or a way to make money. Like that's in my mind. And I know, see, that's just very much my perspective on things because that's not a perspective that everyone shares. But in my mind, I'm like, those things are important to me. And why would I not find someone who has a what? So I've never had that situation where I've had to pay for a date of mine, not like a pay for a date, but like pay away, pay someone's way. Um, you know, um, so I'm a Capricorn. They're very practical. And then I'm also a cancer moon. Do you know your moon sign? Uh, I do know my moon and I forgot it. Um, I'll have to look it up, but so you're a cancer moon. Your moon is your emotional life. So cancers are very sensitive and like artistic. And so that is my emotional life. And then your rising is like your public face and is, that's a Libra. I'm a Libra rising. So it all very much makes sense if you know me. (laughs) Girl, have you downloaded? Okay. Have you heard about this app called The Pattern? No. Holy shit. Okay. So you know about CoStar, right? No, but Kaylin's Kaylin's nodding her head. What's CoStar? CoStar is a Zodi is like an astrology app that like gives you notifications on the day or every day ish and talks to you about like what you're going through in your life. It's but it's very much much based in astrology. Cool. Okay. The pattern is based off of your natal chart, so your astrology. However, it doesn't reference it at all. And it brings in like psychology. I said that word. It brings in like some psychology terms. And it also identifies like huge patterns that you're going through and like how long they're going to last and like lessons that you're supposed to be learning. Oh, fuck. Yeah. It's, but it's like crazy accurate. My friend who's like very much into hippy dippy shit, God love her. So am I, but like she's very into it. Um, she was like, you got to get this app. And I was like, mm, okay, maybe. And then she's like, no, Devin, like, please download it right now. So I was like, sure. I downloaded it. And I was like, wow, this is too accurate. I have to put it down. And then oh my, my girlfriend, who was like even more skeptical than I am, who doesn't believe in anything hippy dippy, we got her to download it. And she had to like, she, she sat down. She was like, this is crazy. I can't, this is, this is too much for me. It's, it's, it's so good. So you should check it out, the pattern. Okay, I'll try it. Because I do, I am a sucker for that shit. And like when it comes to astrology, I like it until it, it's not good. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a great month. Great. But if it's like, you're going to have a bad month. I'm like, this is bullshit. Yeah. Oh, no, this is real. You know? <laughs> so I'd be intrigued to see something worth like, like damning evidence in front of me. That's just like, mm, like, bitch, you can't this ignore this. You can't ignore this right now. Yeah. Yeah. Look yeah. it up. It'll change your shit. And you know, of course we live in an, in a time where an app can completely change your perspective on what you're going through. There's literally an app for that. <laughs> like that's crazy. How are you feeling? Is there anything else you want to like talk about before we stop recording? Um, what can I talk about? I mean, I guess that's good. I mean, I'm out, we're out here doing crazy, exciting things. Um, so yeah, support women who like to talk about sex. I, uh, Yeah. And I will say, I feel like, um, I don't know if like other cities get this privilege, but I do, I have noticed like all the creative women or like non-binary or trans people that I've met like years ago are like still in the thick of it. And I find that like crazy cool and like crazy inspiring. Um, I can't say that about all the men that I've met. Um, but there is like a, like, yeah, just support support the peeps around and it um, comes back. And that's really, really cool. Yeah, I guess I would just like to end on the note where it's like the crazy bitch in me recognizes and respects the crazy bitch in you. 
And I think that is <laughs> my mantra. So I'd like to share that with you as we close. I love it. That Kaylin just said that'll be the episode title. Yeah, the crazy bitch in me recognizes and respects crazy because there is a crazy bitch in all of us for sure. Okay, hi. Now you can go by. Yeah, you can go by. Um, great episode, right? Uh, all that shit. Taylor Swift. I am devastated. Um, I do not think I am a believer anymore. But I hope you loved it. Go check out Devin's Instagram. It is killer. It is like. I am envious but love watching it all the time. Remember that she is on BuzzFeed Ladylike as a cast member and a producer. And like and subscribe. Rate. Um, feel free to email at awkwardsexinthecity at gmail.com uh, for anything. And I will see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye.